Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. And Christian Peck Dimmitt. Do you want to keep this job? Shut up, listen, learn. The region's only local sports talk show. Discussing it all from the preps to the pros. What time is it? Dancing! Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Streaming online at nwksradio.net and the Rocking M app. They are everywhere. The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell. Stop what you're doing and listen. Great pick of the pocket there by... Thompson, Thompson goes down the floor, able to kiss it off the glass and in. Picked out of the air by Alexander. And now another three, and that one is good. Back-to-back threes for Alexandra Thompson after not hitting a single shot in the first half. She's got back-to-back triples. Great got it back, goes up, blocked by Amar Lane, and Lane kicks it up to Tayden Connor. Beautiful pass to himself behind the back, goes up, and is able to finish. Drop it down low to Amar Lane. Lane able to put it in, and he's fouled. The high-low action from Celestin to Amar Lane, and Lane, third and fourth points. A chance for an old-fashioned three. Jackson inside McCullough, two-hand rim rocker. He throws it down, all set up by the fabulous freshman. Flings in the corner, McCullough for three. Bingo! Kevin McCullough, nothing but the bottom of the net. McCullough down the left sideline. Plays it in to KJ. Floats the pass to a backdoor cutting Furphy. Right to the rack, he takes it and banks it home. Happy Hump Day, everybody. It's a Wednesday morning on the Morning Blitz on 1025 U-Rock, AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State, the Rocking M-App, Radio.net. No matter which way you're listening, thank you for doing so here on this Wednesday. I'm Ross Volkmer, Christian Peck Dimmitt with us as well on what is a nice start to a very odd day weather-wise. 32 degrees to, or sorry, 35 degrees to start the day, but we're going to be at 70, which is so weird. 70 today, and then 30-something tomorrow, or 40-something tomorrow, and then a wonderful 30 in snow on Friday. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Gonna gonna be a little uh, weird. Gonna get a little weird out there. I know I'm gonna take advantage of it today. While there's still light, while there's light, I'm gonna be getting on the roof and putting my Christmas lights up. I will get that done since the weather's actually gonna be nice. I will get that done today. (laughs) <laughs> you gotta do it. You gotta do it. You're running out of opportunities here. We were we were talking on Friday that that might be the last time we can wear shorts this year. But this, I'm taking advantage. I'm in shorts today, uh, on the bottom, and I I think I'm I think it's true this time. I think this is the last time. It looks like it. Uh, there's even a chance of some snow coming up this weekend as well. So we'll see. Uh, busy show ahead today. It's full. We've got an NFL Power Five coming at you in our second segment. We've got our picks of the weekend. Uh, Once again, no show Thursday, no show Friday due to Thanksgiving, so no programs after this. So we're going to cram it all into this next hour or so here on the Morning Blitz. Uh, Plenty, plenty to get to. As always, get your thoughts and comments in on the Morning Blitz through our text line, the number 785-899-2222, the number be part of the program. Tough, uh, Tough night last night, really, in basketball, period. A uh, very rough night, actually, all day. If you want to go all the way back to around, uh, what was it, pretty much early afternoon where Colorado lost in the sunshine, sunshine slam to Florida State. Side note here. Florida State and Baylor. 
Can anybody tell me where they get their players? They're all legs, arms, and torsos. They're 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 unbelievable. They're every single year you turn on Florida State or Baylor basketball, they're all these super long guys that have arms that that when they stand, their fingertips could touch their knees, and their knees are probably you know four feet off the ground. They're just these super long, lanky people. Uh, good for Coach Leonard and for Coach Drew for recruiting those guys. But uh, yeah, they're very unbelievable, freaky looking athletes and. Anyway, Colorado lost in overtime. They suffered their first loss. Uh, Kansas lost last night in the in the second round of the Maui. Didn't even really lose. Got spanked by Marquette, to be honest with you. More on that in a minute. And then in the JUCO ranks, a very tough game, very tough uh, slate of uh, hoops last night for Northwest Tech and Colby Community College. It's just so hard. It's so hard to win in the Jukes. It's just so difficult, and especially in the Jayhawk Conference. You have to be at your very best every single night and you need to be, you have to pretty much, you have to really play a complete game if you're going to get it done. Northwest Tech men had a chance last night to win that ball game. Uh, they were up by 13 with eight minutes left, but outscored 27 to 14 the rest of the way, end up losing to Butler 76 74. Great performance from Art Celestin. They had four guys in, uh, sorry, three guys in double, or sorry, they had four guys in double figures. Um, Celeste had a career-high 23 points. He was great. But, you know, for how well they played for the first 32 minutes, the the, the final eight was where it mattered the most. And credit to Deuce Drake from Butler, who took over that game, got it to the the rim, finished, and uh, Tech just did not finish that ball game. So they lose 76-74. Mavericks dropped to 3-4 overall, 0-2 in the Jayhawk. I was visiting with Coach Bradley uh, post-game. And he talked about that same problem, you know, how they're not finishing games. We played really good for 30 minutes multiple times this year. And then at late, we'll, we'll fold um, and just give up stuff that that's uncharacteristic. Um, I got some guys that just get just get lazy. We're not very disciplined, and that's on me. Uh, I, haven't been, I haven't been doing a good enough job. They're going to have to certainly, uh, when you have three very experienced players, that's great, but the rest are all first-year guys, and they all have to learn how to how to win at this level. And it's just, it's a different game. It's a physical game. It's not a beautiful game. I'm sorry, it's just not. Juco basketball is not beautiful to watch. Um, and uh, and last night, Northwest Tech men had a chance to get to 1-1 one one in the league play and said they dropped to 0-2. Uh, Tech women were completely outmatched. Kind of knew that going in. Their best player, Serena Lee, was out for this game. Uh but they were held to a season low, 47 points. Alexandria Thompson at 13. They were all in the second half, a couple of threes. Lady Mavs were 1-5, and 0-2 oh in the Jayhawk. you got to have more depth, and Northwest Tech just doesn't have a ton of depth, uh, and that's going to be an issue all season long. Uh, Colby Community College women, kind of the same story as the Tech women. They were blasted uh, by 16th-ranked Dodge City, 86-40. to 40. Uh, Sophie Bennett, Sophia Lopez each put in 10 points for CCC, but they're 0-2 in the Jayhawk as well, 3-3 three and three overall. Uh, and, uh, Colby men, they were down 9 at half, charged back it looked like, still ended up losing by 5, 78-73. I know you were there to see the second half, Christian, or at least check that out. How was that for you? Uh, it was actually a very entertaining ball game. Uh, on the one hand, I'll say uh, I went to a D2 school, so I've, I've seen a lot of uh, athletics in stadiums that maybe maybe aren't particularly filled with fans uh, and aren't particularly large. Uh, not that the uh, CCC doesn't get uh, a good amount of fans there or, or fill the stadium, but it is small. And so I love that small stadium feel of sitting 
like directly behind the scores table and just hearing every single word every coach says and everything the refs say and all those interchanges. I think that's super fun hearing everything said on the court. Uh, certainly something you don't get at the bigger stadium. So just had to say something about that because I, I just love it. Um, but you charged back the Trojans actually looked pretty good for a lot of the second half. They they really stayed in it with physicality. It was especially Raphael, who does not start for them, got downhill. He only made two field goals all night. He made 11 free throws. He took 13. That is a tremendous number. That's almost as many as all of Dodge City combined. That kept them in a lot of it. And I think it was uh, 10 points at about five minutes or so left and they kind of kept chipping away at it and finally made their run and they got it down to one point and then Dodge City made a couple free throws and then it's three points. You got a chance to tie it with about 30 seconds left and they just couldn't muster up anything. Dodge City's uh, defense came back for that last possession, but it was what showed for probably three quarters of that ball game aside from the Trojans comeback was that Dodge City defense is intense. This is the first time I've seen in-person Jayhawk basketball, and it lived up to the hype, certainly, in its intensity. I mean, it was uh, a great back and forth and very physical. Uh, It's very intense. There's usually a lot of talking um, in between plays. uh, That usually results in some technical fouls, which there were some assessed in the Northwest Tech game. In fact, one guy got tossed, so it's welcome to the Jukes, as we like to say. Um, that happens quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, Maxence Masadia. I think I got it right this time, actually. Uh, double yeah. figures, 18 points for CCC, but they're 4-4, four 0-2 four, oh in the Jayhawk. It's, 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 being Colby and Northwest Tech, it's always a challenge to be, you know, if you finish in the middle of the pack um, or in the upper half, it's usually a really good season on average. Um, there was a year, a couple of years ago before the pan- actually the year of the pandemic, 2019, um, when it all started, uh, that was the year that Colby had one of their best, that their best year ever. Um, Rusty Elmore was the head coach then. He took them all. They were they won the regular season. They were going to the national tournament um, as a wild card, and then the national tournament got canceled due to COVID, so they didn't get a play in it. That was a rough year. And, and the Northwest Tech man, you know, it's they've had a couple years where they've made it to the tur- they've made it into the second or third round of the tournament. Uh, that's about as deep as they've ever gone. It, but it's. Usually, it's just they get on a postseason run. Um, it's just very, very difficult. It's 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 not only talent. You can have a lot. It's teams that have really good talent in their front in their first five. It's about getting talent in the second five. Can you can you play eight to ten to twelve, eight to ten to eleven deep, and still continue to be really good? I mean, Northwest Tech has got a great team this year. They're just they're young, and they're going to have to learn how to win. Uh, that's going to be the biggest thing. They're going to learn how they're going to have to learn how to win in this league, and it's just different. It's just different. The game's called different. It's more physical. Uh, it's it's like I said. It's a gritty, ugly type of game. So you you got to learn how to play this style of basketball if you're going to win. And Northwest Tech is still learning how to do that because they got off to a slow start at Cali last Saturday. Lost that game. Beside coming back hard in the second half, and then this game led. Uh, you know, in a game that had what I think 13 ties and nine lead changes. I mean, it was a back and forth game uh, most of the night, but. Uh, you know, had the had the large lead with eight minutes left, thinking, oh, if they just play good defense, make their free throws, going to be in this game. Defense kind of let up, let, took the foot off the gas, and and that's what's going to happen sometimes. So overall, an 0-4 night in the JUCO world for Colby Community College and Northwest Tech. Uh, CCC is back in the hardware. I think they're uh, in action Saturday 
Uh, Colby is. Northwest Tech actually has their bye week already, which kind of stinks, but they have their bye week. Uh, they will not play until next Wednesday down at Seward County. All right, uh, tough night last night as well. Very late, I might add. I can't believe I actually watched the second half and saw the finale, but I did. Um, it was that kind of night. But the Kansas Jayhawks, number one team in the country, they suffered their first loss last night in kind of a blowout fashion, 73-59. They fall to Marquette. A couple of big things here. The Jayhawks committed 18 turnovers. That led to a season-low 59 points by that swarming Marquette defense. Kevin McCuller had 24 points, but Hunter Dickinson was pretty much taken out of the game. Just had 13, and probably the bigger stat, no other Jayhawk scored more than five points in that game. And so Kansas, here's the biggest thing that stood out to me. Kansas looked like, <laughs> Kansas looked like an old team. They 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 looked old, uh, and I don't. I, and that's not a bad thing. They just Marquette was everywhere, everywhere they threw it, everywhere they tried. Kansas had no answers, and I'm not going to sit here and say that's a big concern to me. What is kind of a, starting to become a minor concern? Minor. I don't know how much depth they have in the scoring department. Kevin McCullough Jr. We know is going to get his points. He's a bucket getter. It looks like this year, and can do everything else for him. And we know Hunter Dickinson, when he's on, he can go. But I don't know if this team is going to be a really good three-point shooting team this year. I don't know about that. I know last night there have been some night. I think the season opener, they hit a ton of threes. Uh, just a, a, a plethora of them. But I, and that was on their home floor. I, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to be overall a, a great three-point shooting team this year. And once again, maybe that will develop as the season progresses on. It's still very early. I'm not going to throw up any red flags yet, but... I don't know, are, are they going to be a good enough scoring team from deep, and are they going to get more production from other guys? Timberlake hasn't done much. The transfer from Towson, he hasn't been great. You know, everyone thinks Johnny Furphy's going to be great. Maybe he will be. He's just a freshman. Uh, he's probably just got some learning to do. But behind Braun and Dickerson, they don't have a lot of guys that are just scorers, that are shooters. And and that's a concern, I think, if I'm Bill Self a little bit. Because um, they got outworked last night. They got outworked by Marquette. Marquette was everywhere. I think they had, 20, I don't know how many deflections, they had 30 deflections. I mean, they were all over the basketball last night. and They just looked like they were running circles around a Kansas team. And when you have to throw the ball around the back, when you have to throw the ball to try and get a shot by that, I mean, you got to pass it so much so that you can get it inside and get an easy bucket instead of, you know, skip pass and get a three and get it to go. It's hard to win some of these big-time games. So, I don't know. A few concern, minor concerns. It's only, what, the fifth game of the season for Kansas. I'm not going to completely go nuts here, but, boy, I give Marquette credit. They outworked them, and Kansas, they got to find some. They got to find more scores. That's that's not good enough when you only have two, two guys in double figures, and everybody else had no more than five. Not going to be good enough in Division I college basketball. Absolutely. I, I'm with you there. I think the biggest concern going forward – is your your depth scoring. Absolutely. That was maybe even a little bit of a question mark. We'd mentioned it a couple times coming into this ball game that you need someone off the bench who can who can get a bucket. And they just don't really seem to have that. Obviously Furphy is uh, the guy that everyone seems to look to as the best of this young batch. But that takes time and Hopefully, uh, for Kansas's sake, as the season goes on, he's, I believe, just a freshman. You know, he gets better as time goes on. The biggest thing from last night, certainly, was the hustle, the rebounding, 
all of the things that Kansas should be good at, right? They came into this ball game plus 45 rebounding. Through four games, plus 45 rebounding is wild. Meanwhile, Marquette came into this ballgame minus nine rebounding, which through four games for a top five teams, perhaps equally as incredible. Uh, but the length and the quickness of Marquette really outdid what going into that should have been a disadvantage, which was their size. Granted, most teams are going to be small when you're trying to match up with K.J. Adams and Dickinson. And obviously McCullers, you know, great as kind of this wing scorer. But when you also just objectively don't have a lot of size or rebounding, uh, admirable to say the least how well they rebounded. But the biggest thing was their defense. I mean, thir- uh, 14 points was the final score, 59-73, as Ross said. But that does not, it was not really indicative of just how badly Marquette beat you last night. 18 turnovers, but 16 of them were the first 30 minutes of this ball game. And in those first 30 minutes, uh, Dickinson and McCuller were the only ones with more than one field goal make. No, it was it was bad. It was it was not good last night. They you had a starter last night get no points, three assists. You you can't have a starter really not go scoring. Here's the thing about this team. KJ Adams is a rim rocker. He's not really a shooter. Hunter Dickinson is a back-to-the-basket player who can stretch the floor, but look, they know they got to stop him. Jackson, so far, has proven not to be a great scorer. Dewan Harris is a a pass-first, pass-second, then-shoot point guard. Kevin McCullough Jr. is a stud. He does it all. He rebounds. He gets points. He's your best player. Off the bench, Brown, Furphy, Timberlake, combined for what was 12 points. They had 15 points off the bench. One of the stats of the game. Marquette's bench was the difference. Eagles outscored the Jayhawks reserves 27 to 13. 27 to 13. You're not getting enough production off the bench. Depth is an issue right now for Kansas. Um, so that that's they got they got to find some guys. They got to have some guys step up. They got to. And I think the thing that just stood out to me was that Kansas looked like the lesser athletic team. I mean, it looked like Marquette had more dudes. That's what it looked like. They had more dudes. And Kansas just, I don't know, maybe maybe that game against Chaminade hurt them. Honestly, it could have. Whereas Marquette had to beat UCLA by two in a very good game. Kansas got the first round, quote-unquote, bye over Chaminade. And you can just kind of say, ah, we can do whatever we want. Chaminade, we're fine. We blew them out. We didn't, you know, we played fine. So on and so forth. But now you play a good team, which, by the way, this whole entire field at the Mount Invitational is stacked. I mean, how many top 10 teams are there? It's unbelievable. I think there's like, of the eight, there's like, what, five top 10 teams, I think, out of the eight, um, including Marquette, who's number four. But, I'm sure, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, I was just, uh, I was kind of blown away by Marquette and how many better dudes they had. But I think maybe that Chaminade game might have hurt Kansas. They, they, they weren't they weren't challenged enough in the first round to get their minds right. They were going to be challenged a lot in the second round as well. That's a, just a thought that I had there. Congratulations, by the way, to Marquette. Become the third team in the last 40 years to beat two blue blood powerhouses, UCLA and Kansas, in back to back games. Another fun stat for you there. But oh yeah, like I said I, I I just I don't I don't know where the points are going to come from. If, well, if we shut down Dickinson. 
and we let McCuller maybe get his, who else is going to score? And my guess is Bill Self's probably sitting there thinking, we got to find more, we got to get more scoring out of the players. I mean, Timberlake has no doubt been a massive disappointment so far. They were expecting to get way more out of him. He was one for five from the floor. So they got to get more. Got to yeah, get more. I can't argue with that. And they, they do have a chance to do it today. Uh, but these are always difficult games. Number seven, Tennessee, I believe, is their matchup today at 1.30 Central. I mean, you got like 12 hours to rebound for this mm-hmm. game. Uh, so it's always hard to judge uh, these ones where you're not only are you already in Hawaii, but now you're, you know, rebounding from a loss in about 12 hours, uh, including uh, time for you to sleep, which hopefully they will find. But yeah, you certainly have things to clean up. The 18 turnovers were less, I think, on you and more on how good this Marquette defense was. But it's hard to argue with anything you said. I mean, how quick and how aggressive they were, the Golden Eagles, in in all facets of this ball game. They didn't even shoot it particularly well. 24% from outside isn't exactly anything to write home about, but it didn't really matter. Their offense in the second half wasn't always there, sputtered a little bit, but it was always their defense that kept them in this ball game. And I don't know, I think that wins you a lot of these type of games where Kansas, like you said, wasn't exactly looking the most athletic out there. We'll see. We'll see. Tennessee will be a, a good test for them. It will be a difficult test. Um, Tennessee's a good team. They're well coached. Rick Barnes is a great coach. Um, that will be a good test, and they, they're going to have to bring it. They're going to have to bring it. Tennessee is a good defensive team. They will work hard on the defensive end, so they're going to have to bring it offensively if you're Kansas. So, Jacks after their first loss of the season, falling to Marquette 73 59. They play for third at the Mountain Invitational today, like Christian said, 1 30 Central Time. Coverage beginning at 12 30 Central Time. On uh, Flyover Country, 97.9. All right, it's 7.30 Mountain, 8.30 Central. Let's take a break. When we come back, we will touch on, uh, what, our uh, NFL Power 5. That's next on the Morning Blitz.